Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. top 10 back selected in the 2022 NFL draft, maybe not even top 20. Uh, that might actually be a good thing. Just looking through day two running backs over the last four years, Javante Williams, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, David Montgomery, Damian Harris, Nick Chubb, Hayden Winks, day two might be the sweet spot here for running backs. Yeah, Trey Sermon, too. Got to throw him in the mix as well. Yeah, I think that this is where we're going to be with Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. And then it's a huge race for RB3. And I think all those are going to be Round three, round fours. I would maybe we can sneak Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker into the first round, but if I was betting on it, I would bet against it. So today we are going to hit on quote unquote the top five running backs. Don't worry, we have another show on Thursday because not only is the day two sweet spot for running back players, uh, so is day three and even undrafted. We've seen a bunch of those guys go in, be impactful for NFL teams. And so we'll hit on some of our favorites not mentioned in this top five grouping consistently again on Thursday. But today, as Hayden mentioned, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Rashad White coming out of Arizona State, Kyron Williams, and Isaiah Spiller. Those are the five here in this video. If you care about wide receivers, other positions as well, be sure to like and subscribe down below. We have basically a single video for every single wide receiver prospect among the top 10, top 12-ish uh, but also just longer conversations on those tiers and groupings as well. Um, okay, before we dive into the specific players, Hayden, just like we did for wide receivers, why don't we talk about what we look for at the running back position? For me, I care most about like movements having meaning and purpose in that like good backs pick up the yards that are blocked for them, great backs create on their own. You hear me say that line a hundred times during the regular season, the preseason, but that can be like broken tackles or it can be those invisible yards on, on final contact. What do you look for just in one line? Yeah. The patience timing and then the burst through it. So you got to be able to press the line of scrimmage, find the right hole and then be able to bust through it. It's not necessarily, I'm not looking for the most powerful back because you don't necessarily need to have that. You don't have to have the most wiggle, but if you're not picking up, that fourth and fifth yard, you're just not going to be on the field. So that's like the biggest thing. And I think the other thing is the force missed tackles. I need you to miss tackles and then get upfield. Like I can't have the plotter. That's like the, the Mike Davis was like, Hey, he's making guys miss, but he can't go anywhere with it. Like I'm not getting fooled by that anymore. I, I need some explosion. And obviously for fantasy, the upside comes with the passing ability. And that's right. not just how comfortable you are. It's about the size. It's about your ability to do pass protection. So that's something that I really want to focus on because 
I think that of all the PFF stats, I think that their uh, pass protection ones is the one I disagreed with with most. A lot of pass protection is about awareness, and I think that's something that's kind of hard to pick up in the data. So I wanted to be uh, keeping an eye out for for that today. Like you're outlining, passing game is huge, but passing game really isn't equal throughout college football because these offenses are just on polar ends at times. If you're in the SEC, Pac-12, wherever, even inside the same conferences, they'll run different things, RPO, play action, air raid, all that type of stuff. So, you know, it's not as easy to say, like, this guy does this well at the college level in the passing game versus at the NFL level. And we're talking to athleticism and, you know, production and all that stuff as we go along through these prospects. Okay, let's dive in. Again, if you enjoy this at all, while you're sticking with us, smash subscribe down below on course for 10,000 subs. Okay, let's jump to first Iowa State's Brees Hall, 5'11", 217 pounds, a 40-inch vertical, 93rd percentile broad jump, and just on top of it, again, at 217 pounds, 43940. No agilities here, but Hayden, to his record, 74 missed tackles forced last season to go along with the seventh most carries of 15-plus yards in the FBS. This is the dude that analytics Twitter is going to fall all over. He is an early declare power five school. He had 94th percentile adjusted production, had 1700 yards in back-to-back seasons. He missed uh, or forced a lot of missed tackles, like you said, and then he aced the combine with 96 percentile athleticism. Uh, I think he's going to get overrated by the metrics. He's a 96 percentile prospect. There goes Hayden. I'll keep going though to me. And you can see it with a lot of these highlights. He has really startling speed. Like you don't see the jets or like press the Nas button for him to like hit the boost and go. But like he builds up that speed in his third and fourth step and eats up, you know, six yards with any of these creases. Um, You will see it in every single one of these highlights. The big play comes from, going to take that again first or second step and then boom once we get into the open field that straight line speed is amazing it's something that you really really get excited about and if we can you know jump to the part when you get him in that open field Hayden in one-on-one situations it always feels like there's a chance for a big play because he does a really nice job of setting up those downfield defenders and like weaving against the grain. And that comes with feel that comes with vision that comes with setting things up. And it comes with, you know, a comfort level where the game slows down around you. So you can make that first or second or third person miss and not just drift to the sideline. Like we see a whole bunch of runners do. Yeah. I think he's a straight line back. I, he has some wiggle, but I thought his best was just on these, stretches and pitches he averaged 8.8 yards per carry on those two types of runs where they just get him out in space uh i didn't think that he plays to what the analytical models are saying 96 percentile Mm. in in my model i think he's a little bit overrated in that metric now for fantasy purposes like these swing passes very comfortable out in space he has that big play ability i thought that he kind of stumbled and i think that's why he didn't have uh tests with his agilities i don't think that he pressed the line of scrimmage like a certain back we'll talk to Next, and he only averaged 2.8 yards after contact. So I think he's a classic bell cow back, but I think that he's closer to like David Montgomery than something uh, beyond that. And David Montgomery is a fine back, but I think that his best value is just being that size and, and speed profile with the fluidity as a receiver. I didn't think that he was like some next level rusher 
interesting. Uh, between the tackles. Yeah, I, I will disagree with you on whatever Dave Montgomery comparison you're going to bring up here. One, Dave Montgomery was great at Iowa State in terms of just breaking tackles, but there were times where he just looked flat out slow after he did that. I think Brees Hall, again, has that two, three-step juice For sure. to, to then oh, yeah. pull away and create something off of those missed tackles force. Um, it was hilarious, Hayden, when you started saying positives that the internet kicked you out like the chat is saying. It said, no, 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 you're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to say positive things about ball carriers in the backfield. Um, can we also talk about, I thought there was a big difference in his game between zone versus gap slash power. Um, he ran a lot more zone. A lot of these runners did. 175 zone attempts versus 75 gap attempts. Um, he loves to slow play that zone and then cut up the field. Sometimes like those stutter steps are like four yards in, in the backfield. And he I'm not saying he's too patient per se, but he doesn't really press the hole and doesn't seem complete confidence in him. And while it was a lot fewer snaps, I actually love those wildcat plays or when he followed the lead blocker slash power, I thought that's where he was at his best because he was, it was dictating where he was supposed to go. He reads that really well, puts his outside foot in the dirt and then gets up the field. And again, presses that Nas button and puts on those juices and then boom, he can get, you know, the maximum 15 plus yard carries. Yeah, totally with you. That's why I think he's a straight line rusher, kind of like how they get Derrick Henry on the stretch plays go and then he just takes off. I think that's kind of where his value is at. That, I think what you talked about, how he's like so far behind the line of scrimmage on a lot of these things when he's being too patient. I think that's like his like biggest weakness. And then the other big weakness that he has is just pass protection recognition. And then he always just cut blocks all these dudes. So he's bad in pass protection, which is pretty sad because how big he is. Um, I think that he's so fluid as a receiver and you can kind of, um, hide the pass run tendencies so that he's still going to be a third down back. But like the pass protection stuff was uh, not where you love to see. That was a perfect example of, of it right here. But then he makes up for it with a catch and makes a guy miss. So it's like he's frustrating at times. I, I think that he's a round two back. I don't think that he's super special, but I know the models love him, including mine. So I'm fine with them. With zone carries, let me outline like there are really four lanes that players can choose. It's bouncing it to the front side, bang it in the hole that's like typically supposed to be there, bending it a little far back, then cutting it all the way back. And I, I, I thought his, not his brain, his feet locked up a little bit, but again, tied into, I thought Iowa State didn't block for him all that well at times. And so they allowed a lot of penetration and, and disruption. So maybe that combined again with it happening a bit too often, led him to be a little bit indecisive. But again, if, if he goes to a team that has, a heck of an offensive line. These are the type of jets that can create big plays over and over and over again. And I, yeah, I, th I thought he had very comfortable hands and that's almost the extent we can say about these, you know, passing down repetitions versus, you know, what we, what we were allowed with other prospects. Okay. We will jump now to Michigan state's own Kenneth Walker. The third. Yes. He's short, not small. Hayden winks. 5'9", 211 pounds, great athlete with 4'3", speed, a 10-foot broad jump, still no agilities for a lot of these prospects. We talked about the big playability from Brees Hall with Kenneth Walker, 20-plus carries in six straight games, over 1,600 yards, 18, though, total receptions in college. He had the most 15-plus yard carries in all the FBS, and he led, again, college football, in yards after contact, and missed tackles forced with 89. 
Yep, 4.5 yards after contact is absolutely ridiculous. I think Kenneth Walker is by far the best rusher in this class. I don't even Ooh. think it's close. Uh, early down rusher, first and second downs, you need a guy that needs to tote that thing. Kenneth Walker uh, is the dude. He has plenty of speed. He's a sub 4-4 guy on tape. The difference between Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker is Kenneth Walker is going to press the line of scrimmage. He's going to manipulate uh, linebackers, and then he has the burst to get upfield. And he has that timing and uh, just patience overall, and then has the burst to rip off the big play. So I thought that he was the most high-level running backs, and I think part of the reason why he's like this is the way that Wake Forest, uh, before he transferred to Michigan State, that's how their offense was set up. Look how patient he is on these. He basically comes to a complete stop. So then yeah. he kind of added that to uh, Michigan State, where he kind of took it to like more more of a pro style offense, and all of a sudden he gets really cooking. So I thought that he played with power and burst. I know he's not the biggest back. I know that he has third down issues, but if you're looking just for like a first and second down back, I see somebody that can really get cooking. Like if this was like a Shanahan, a Lafleur, uh, a McDaniel's offense, I think that he would rush for like 1,300 yards. I think he's like that type of talent. For those joining us on YouTube, you will see that like one, two stutter step, and then everything is built really off of that for him. Whether it's like a quick pitch to one side that the defense, you know, completely overruns, and then he runs it back inside, or that short juke versus a square defender in the hole, and then he has to immediately get upfield with with acceleration. Um, I, I again, this is where everything is built off of for him. That two step stutter, and then he makes his decision and he goes that allows him to like maximize those lanes or, or create against the grain where a lot of these other running backs cannot. And he really does a good job of flowing away from pressure and penetration. Now on the other coin that happens the most, but there are a few occasions and you're going to get this with the best running backs in the league too. Sometimes he relies on that two step stutter a bit too much. Like against Rutgers, I felt there were three straight touches. He came to a complete stop behind the line of scrimmage. And then all of those carries ended in losses as well. So again, it's vast majority of the time, these equal positive plays, but sometimes it's going to equal very, very negative plays of three or four yard losses as well. But you have to take that with the good as well. Yeah, that's what how, that's like the difference of averaging like a consistent four yards per carry or going two, two, two. 38 and I, I think I want a little bit of a big play hunting uh running back and he has it now the negatives um it's pretty obvious he's a complete projection on third down he didn't get utilized uh there very often he like uh Brees Hall kept using cut blocks as a crutch in pass protection I thought he had some uh issues identifying um things as well now I didn't see many reps of him like looking pathetic catching the ball he just never right. was targeted and uh, Dane or Daniel Jeremiah on his latest uh, podcast said he talked to Mel Tucker and Mel Tucker, his uh, Kenneth Walker's coach, obviously was just saying that this dude can catch the ball. It's just not part of our offense. He sent him a bunch of clips from practice. I haven't seen something that's saying Kenneth Walker cannot catch passes. I know it's super correlated. And I think that's like the reason why uh, fantasy Twitter is all over Brees Hall over Kenneth Walker. But I would not be surprised if he's a good enough athlete to catch the ball out there too. Yeah. It's kind of that classic statement of, we don't know if he can't do it. Like we haven't seen him be utilized in that way yet. Again, just 18 total receptions in college, but you know, you could have said that with like Melvin Gordon or Jonathan Taylor, a bunch of quality backs. Maybe uh, on Bell in this offense. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a huge projection that like the more and more I look at these running backs over the years, um, we might even see more opportunities in preseason than we saw in, you know, last season 
for Kenneth Walker doing this at the college level. I did want to go back to where we started in this conversation, though. Again, he led all of the FBS in missed tackles force this past season at 89. You and I did a show, one of our first shows together, last year, where Javante Williams basically broke the code in terms of missed tackles force last season, in terms of PFF's charting. Um, I believe easily Javante carried that into the league. And like, that's where he continues to win during his rookie season. And hopefully like moving forward as a professional as well. My question to you, Hayden, do you think that this is the same type of broken tackles winning on contact that Javante utilized and, you know, use that so well for success during his rookie season? Cause I see it kind of in different ways. Yeah, it is different. Javante was more power. Kenneth Walker runs with a little pop to him too. He can run through some arm tackles, but to me, it's way more elusive, just like side to side. Like I, I don't want to call him like uh, LaShawn McCoy, but like that's the type of level of runner he is where he's winning side to side lateral ability and, and some, um, some juice to run through those arm tackles. Javante was just like run right yeah. through you. And I think that's a little bit different. Yeah. And, and I, I would even explain it a bit differently. I mean, we, we can all see something different here, but he's keeps everything squared up. And so a lot of times to me, defenders kind of just shrug off of him. Whereas Javante was the hammer on final contact. Like he tried to force his way through you in a lot of those situations. And Walker does it differently. And in fact, I was a little bit nervous when I first started watching thinking that Kenneth Walker would kind of fall down on final contact and get folded up. But then I, the more and more I kept watching, especially from these end zone angles, he does a really good job on those invisible yards at the end of squaring his shoulders and, and plunging forward. And, yep. you know, that's a difference between a second and four versus a second and seven is just falling forward and, and, and trying to pick up those two or three invisible yards and final contact. And something I talk about all the time, but something that's really noticeable in differences in running back prospects coming into the league. Yeah, last note I had, and this is super important. Daniel Jeremiah on his latest podcast actually compared Kenneth Walker to Javante Williams, not for his on-field stuff. He said that out of this class, it's that leadership and that like uh, just like the players that coaches absolutely love. And I think that's going to be something that really stands out for for Kenneth Walker. I'm tempted to make him my RB1. I, I don't know how to do it. I can see Tennessee it. Because Brees Hall is just a more bankable projection on third downs, and that's where all the value is. But if he's the best running back in this class, we'll not be surprised at all. 88th percentile prospect in my model, the uh, 89th percentile uh, athleticism. He was the missed tackles leader. He's a good good dude off the field, apparently, too. So like, I I really want to be bullish on Kenneth Murray. I think he's going way too late in underdog drafts, and I think that he has a chance to be a top 40 pick. And I'm not sure if uh, Fantasy Twitter um, has completely caught up to that level of um, projection yet. Yeah, there's just a lot of tidy movements here, and it, it's it's pretty compact, and it still allows him to create big plays. So there's definitely definitely a lot to uh, a lot to like here. All right, Hayden, I think we've hit this point. There's a top two, and then there's just about everyone else. In fact, you and I were talking about before we went live here on Thursday when we go through a bunch of these other backs. Some might even jump into the running back three overall. Like we've hit that cliff here at the running back position. And so the rest of these names, there's 100% a tier break fair. Yeah. I think that the chat's on it. You give everyone here around six or a UDFA grade and you get out of there and just start guessing. This is like where it's like, you can't <laughs> spot the difference between all these guys. Maybe these guys stick, but I think it's a top two. And then the rest of these guys, you're like trying to get them into a committee role. And I think the first two guys could be like uh, all pro pro bowler types. And these guys might have to 
be like 10th round fantasy picks. But we do know that someone from here on out is going to have a major impact. If not in their rookie season, probably the second or the third season. This always happens in every yeah. single draft class. So uh, let's try to find one. And first, I'll nominate Arizona State's Rashad White. All right? Six foot, 214 pounds. The tallest back we've seen so far. 38-inch vertical. 10-foot-5 broad jump. 4-4-8-40. All tremendous athletic testing. Still no agilities. Hayden, the people are about to see if they've never watched Rashad White for the first time. The dude loves the flair. He loves the hop step, then the drive, those spins, those exaggerated movements. Um, those are fun. I'm sure we'll see them in these highlights. But to me, the portions of his game that I was attracted to the most is when he's compact, when he's pressing up field between the tackles, then sees the cut up the field for space. He looks really nice in those moments. And that's really where the big plays come from. It's not all this exaggerated stuff, the, the wiggle. It's more, hey, I'm, I have that in my back pocket. But more than anything, I'm not going to have any wasted movement, and I'm just going to drive and find the seams through the middle of this defense. Chad, I'm curious who your RB3 is. For me right now, it's Rashad White. I fear that I like Rashad White more than the NFL. There's been a little bit of rumors that the NFL doesn't like Rashad White as much as fantasy Twitter. Hayden's internet just is refusing to allow him to talk about running backs. Just refusing it. Really with Rashad White, as you all keep seeing, these big plays, it's one out in space. But look, this is a quarterback or running back power, I should say. You see that, and I'll, I'll rewind just a little bit. By power, we mean running back uh, following the offensive linemen and tight ends that are pulling from the opposite side. And again, because he has that athleticism inside him, he's just cutting off of that and getting up the field. This, if you go and search just his highlights on YouTube, you're going to see a bunch of these spins that he loves on first or final contact these big exaggerated movements, but man, this is the stuff I keep going back to. And I'm not sure if we're going to get it every single time. And I'm not sure if we fast forward two, three years from now, if this is the type of stuff that like is the foundation for his game. Um, and I understand it because all the other stuff, Hayden, all the fun stuff, let's put it that way was also successful at the college level. Yeah. I mean, it's just, he's a high level athlete, 84th percentile athlete. And I thought he was very fluid as, as a receiver. He was second in PFF receiving grade. I thought he had good awareness on blitzes and stunts and he was very, uh, mobile after the catch as well. So, um, I'm with you. He's not the most powerful rusher, but I thought that he did win through contact just enough. And he averaged 135 total yards per game over the last two seasons. So really like the big holdup is just draft capital. And then the fact that he's a 23 year old prospect, but I thought just mm. like looking at his stats and his athleticism. And then I thought that he was a potential three down back as well. I think that he's the guy that I'll be taking a gamble on as my RB three um, until we learn more with the NFL draft. I can see how he becomes a 250 touch player. Some of the other guys, I just don't see that upside. I thought that he really won um, big at the NFL combine. Yeah, 43 receptions last season. That is not common for a player of this size. Uh, if you do go back to his game against Colorado, if I can throw out one negative, uh, because he did have a few drops on his record. He had a huge one against the, the Buffaloes. But that was on a wheel route. That was about 30 yards down the field. And the closing safety he knew was coming right at him. And so I'm sure it's like, holy shit, I'm about to take yeah. this vertical route to the house and then just drops it um, out of nowhere. What about on contact? Since we talked about it so much here with uh, with Kenneth Walker, I thought that there were a few occasions where Rashad White tried to understand like the leverage advantage, like he would lower his shoulder um, 
but not often enough. Like he can be much better at this for his size. And again, rather than trying to pick up whatever yards he can, he relied on that spin move on contact. He smashed the circle button to try to create total open space and then find something from there. So again, as much as I like Rashad White, fun, fun, fun prospect, plenty of occasions I can point to where he left yards on the field too. Yeah, I think I, that's why I think he's going to be like late round three somewhere. I just hope he doesn't turn into Kenny Gainwell and goes round five. That's like the fear. I think he's much better than Kenny, Kenny Gainwell I think he's is. much more explosive than Kenny Gainwell was. And too. he has a chance to be a three-down player. I never thought Kenny Gainwell had the chance yeah. to do that. I think that Rashad White did. And I mean, 135 yards, 1.46 total touchdowns per game over the last two seasons. Like that is some serious production. Like that is like very high level um, stuff for, for Rashad White. So uh, I'm going to be in until the NFL tells me not to be 73rd percentile prospect in my model. I'm going to give him the RB three label for now, but I'm, I'm mentally prepared to get rugged on day two or day three of the draft. See, look at this. Like this is the type of thing where on Twitter, when you see clips, it's going to be all the fun stuff, the shady McCoy type running. But all this is to me, this is gets my juices flowing. It's just a quick pitch reads the blocks foot in the dirt. Upfield explosion. And then it's just, it's a nice little 12 yard run. And then again, power running, weaving, bobbing, slaloming, finding the open space, get out there. This is all there potentially for him. I actually don't think he spent a bunch of time in an offense like this or traditional stuff. Cause I went back and watched an interview. He said in high school, his offense, his team basically ran like a shotgun wing tee. So the quarterback wasn't even under center. He was in the gun and they had like three backs going in all different directions. So, you know, I understand like why later or older prospects can be a a disadvantage. But for him, I'm so glad he got this experience uh, underneath his belt. And I think that high school is in the middle of Kansas. So that's that explains like the older like draft, like he was not an early declare and all that stuff. But like if you're stuck in Kansas and your high school coach wants to run a 1920s offense, like, of course, it's going to be harder to go. D1. So he went out to Juco transfers and then absolutely shreds at Arizona State. So I think like a little bit of the context. I, I, I like this Chase Edmonds stuff. He's bigger. I think he has a higher ceiling than Chase Edmonds does. Um, but I think that's the type of range that we're going for. I think he has like maybe 10% more than what Chase Edmonds was offering. Yeah, I, I, I like that call a lot, HA. And by the way, if you're watching us later when we're not live, one, you can join us every Tuesday, Thursday, three o'clock where you're live. We're doing a draft every Monday night as well here on this very channel. But if you're down below on the comment feed, go and tell us who your running back three is because it is totally up in the air. And I can't wait to go through and maybe find this year's Eli Mitchell on Thursday as well. All right, next up, um, let's do Kyron Williams. Talk about Kyron Williams coming out of Notre Dame. 5'9", 194 pounds. Solid agilities, quote unquote, reportedly coming out of his pro day workout, but man, bad, everything else, including a four, six, five, 40 Hayden, you have returned just in time to talk about Kyron Williams athleticism because coming out of the combine, I saw a lot of people freaking out that he was a non NFL caliber athlete. You know, we talk about athleticism a lot with, with a bunch of positions. I especially do. I believe in it for a multitude of reasons. We can get into those another time. I will say I kind of think about running backs differently when, when it comes to this, because in the last few years, bottom, bottom 20th percentile 
in terms of athleticism, Josh Jacobs, Devin Singletary, Tariq Cohen, James Conner, Dalvin Cook, Devontae Freeman. Like there's a huge difference between being a bad athlete. You can still be successful at running back position and being a non NFL caliber one. And while maybe it all goes back to him being just 194 pounds, I would not point to necessarily his athleticism as a reason why he should not be drafted at all. Yeah, he's one of those where like you have to move him down the rankings, but doesn't necessarily mean I'm totally out. I think that the biggest reason, and we can start rolling the clips, is he's by far the best pass protection back in in the class, and that is going to be huge for him. And I think that of the backs with um, poor athleticism, being the pass catching back, it doesn't matter as much. And his agilities were not at they were like 70th percentile at his pro day. Um, it's just the straight line speed, the actual burst. I just never saw it, but this dude seeks out contact and he finishes like a madman. So I think that NFL coaches are going to end up liking Kyron Williams. I wouldn't be surprised if he had, um, a role as a rookie just for this reason. Hmm. Compact runner, one step cuts. I actually think he's between the tackles guy, despite being less than 200 pounds. 100% I do. That's where he's doing all of his best work. And we'll get to some of these runs in a moment. But Hayden, is that not too dissimilar than like Boston Scott, despite being a shorter back, is probably best between the tackles as well. Um, Sidestep, lateral step, sees that hole and scoots through it. He is really tight in his movements. Like again, going from Rashad White, who we just spoke about, to Kyron Williams, the two running styles are drastically different. Like there's the whole point of Kyron Williams is no wasted movement and to maximize the yards that are blocked for him. The pull away speed is like totally non-existent. Yeah. Um, but his big runs are through breaking through trash and the congestion of the middle of the field and not the seams with, with top and speed. So I think like, as long as your expectations are there, I think because of that, he can be a productive. See, he's not getting the corner store really like this stuff. Yeah. That's, bad that's right going right. to get, that's going to get cut out at the NFL level. But again, I thought his vision, his patience, his willingness to put his head down, like we talked about pass protection, we're going to get to that in a moment, uh, more so. That was the most impressive part of his game. See, look at that. Those short steps in between trash. That's what I like most here about Kyron Williams. Yeah, so I'm with you that he's better running through the middle than bouncing it to the outside. I just don't see him ever being a between-the-tackles rusher in the NFL. Uh, of note, though, and this is like what makes Kyron Williams' profile so interesting. He led the NFL or the college football last year in runs behind duo blocks, and that's like kind of like what the Buccaneers' power rushing offense is. You don't really see that very often, but that's like the pro style Notre Dame offense, which makes him kind of intriguing because he is has some experience uh, behind a power offensive line, and then he's got all this third down ability here. So um, I'm leaving the light on for him. I, I had to move him to like round four grade somewhere right in in that range Um, but I can see him having a role on third downs and if he has to run between the tackles occasionally I think he can do it just enough I just think his ceiling's so capped because um, he has he just hasn't doesn't have enough juice I'll throw a name at you and think it actually qualifies where he tested athletically too he has a Miles Gaskin-esque running that's the name I had I had pass blocking Miles Gaskin yep and pass blocking Miles Gaskin their role for that in the NFL now with who just took over in the coaching staff, there is not like Mick, Mike McDaniel and Miles Gaskins fits yeah, do not, not align at all because yeah. that's, you know, wide zone outside zone. We're going to take command with your speed and head, let you hit the seams and go. So I'm, I'm not here, you know, as the biggest proponent of Miles Gaskins game, but there's a place in the NFL for someone 
like Kyron Williams, 100%. And going back to pass pro, like you talked about, that Purdue game, I mean, his left tackle gets beat. He turns into the left tackle and continues to block while his helmet gets knocked off and like yeah. turns and, and stones his guy. And that's something is there. Something is there. And and again, leaving the light on, as you put it, for, for Kyron Williams. Again, we can freak out about athletic testing all that we want. And I am 100% in the camp that athletic testing matters if used correctly. And to me, athletic testing matters most when it's a true one-on-one matchup on an NFL field. So most importantly, the pass rushers do not give me an unathletic pass rusher. Now, because of that, athletic offensive linemen, it can be huge for them as well. Wide receivers, cornerbacks, that's a big part of it too. But with running back, where so much of it is about processing what is in front of you, using your vision in tune with your running style and your feet, and then also a willingness on final contact to fall forward, athleticism is kind of further down the list. And if I was to actually, you know, put a reason why to use it, it's for these late round or undrafted guys, the Matt Breedas, the Raheem Mosterts, the Kane and Wong Woos of the world. And that's where, to me, athleticism comes in most handy for the running back position and not with failing a guy like some people have with Kyron Williams. Yeah, I'm leaving the light on. I actually love this fit from the chat to the Bucks. Duo runs, need a, a third down guy to complement Leonard Fournette and see in the third or fourth round with the Bucks. That's a, that's a great prediction. All right. One more. Here we go. Texas A&M's Isaiah Spiller, six foot, 217, above average athlete, really poor jumps, and a 46440. Uh, average shuttles. Hayden, the dynasty community loves, loves Isaiah Spiller. I'll let you outline why. Yeah, so it's early declare. He will be 20 years old on draft night. He had 200 touches in each of the last three seasons at Texas A&M. So he has like that early breakout. He's got the age, the early declare, all that stuff. The production was fine. Um, beyond that, it's it's kind of hard. It, it's just like he didn't have that many touches. Like he was at between 200 and 208 in those three seasons. I think that he does everything fine i think that his vision is fine i think that he can run with power he can make a guy miss every once in a while it goes back to the initial discussion how much juice does he have beyond that i'm looking for making defenders miss and then getting upfield i'm worried that isaiah spiller is more of a plotter type a committee back an early down guy i think that he can catch the ball a little bit enough and that's why i still have him in the third round i just don't see like this locked in uh, for sure, the RB3 in the class. I'm worried that he's a little bit more of a plotter type than having like that supernatural athleticism. Yeah, so I first started watching him, well, this week, but went back to 2020 and watched that Auburn game. Um, boy, it was abysmal. Uh, it was a really gross game. He was all smooth. There was nothing sudden. He was taken down on first contact every single time. Then I read that he dropped 10 pounds going from his sophomore year to his junior year. And I think that like paid off a lot for him. Like we see some positive plays here. I know he had production um, this season. Now, when we go from, I don't know, Kenneth Walker to even Kyron Williams, now we get to this guy. Just look at how different their running styles are. Like it's herky jerky. It's all over the place. There's wasted movements. He gets off balance. And then I don't even think he's the type of athlete that can maximize on the 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 wasted space, the wasted movement as well, a la, you know, what Rashad White can do. You know, I I don't think he's that type of an athlete to to compensate for for this type of stuff. In fact, 
the name that I kept going back to, and hopefully the chat remembers it, it's USC legend. No, not Reggie Bush or Lindell White. It's Buck Allen, Javorius Buck Allen, a guy who had a role for a long time in the league, especially in the passing game. But sometimes he looked lethargic. Sometimes he looked a bit slow, lacked suddenness. There was nothing really compact about him at all. And that's just the name I kept going back to. Again, don't want to destroy the guy at all because, again, he's 20 and he's productive and there's a long way to go. And we know how these running backs can work out once they get to the league. But he certainly is among this list for me, probably fifth. Yeah, he's a thumper. But I thought that he uh, we rolled some of the clips. Pass protection identifies it, lowers his shoulder. And I thought that he was fluid enough. So I think that there's still some chance of being a three down back. I just think he's more given that thumper label and he ultimately comes out as a 69th percentile athlete. That makes sense to me. I don't think that he's anything special. If he turned into a committee back uh, immediately, I wouldn't be surprised with that either. I just think like that play right there, like you got to make that guy miss and burst up field. He kind of just lowers his shoulder, which is, which is fun um, to an extent, but I think he's ultimately going to be kind of a low ceiling prospect um, despite some of those like, the metrics we love, like the early declare power five back, like typically I'm all over this, like early breakout. Like I love this type of back. I just think that um, we're missing something. But that's like the checks and balances of this whole thing, right? Like I was having a conversation with someone on, on Twitter about the other day where, you know, featuring analytics and things that project well for all sorts of positions at wide receivers and, and running backs, like versus just watching it on film. Like it's not, binary it's it's not black and white like using all the information to hopefully create the right opinion and the right evaluation is the best way of doing this and far too often when we talk about evaluation it's one versus the other and to me i'm all for like being contradicted by you know the things that we love and saying if i didn't know that stuff and i just watched him then i'd less i'd like him less you know and and it's make me question of being too harsh on him as well. And I think like, that's what this entire, you know, draft process is, is totally about, but uh, I'll be the only person to compare him to Buck Allen. That's that, for sure. That was a fact. I have to, I know my Wi-Fi keeps going in and out, so I hope I can get this stat out there, but out of 72 running backs with at least a hundred zone carries per sports info solutions on first and second dance. So these are your thumper type of backs with lots of um, a big sample he was dead last in designed hole rate, which means that he is choosing to not run through the designed hole, bounces it outside. I think that's the the worrisome yeah. combination is somebody that's looking to bounce for the home run without the home run ability. So that's the the worst come outcome uh, for Isaiah Spiller. Yeah, and even on his gap attempts, I, I thought he looked to bounce a lot of those as well. So yeah, we, tough we, combo. Yeah, tough combo. Okay. That's going to do it for us here. What a fun show. Again, expecting at least a couple of these players to go in rounds two and rounds three. Um, we will be back on Thursday with a whole bunch more names. I have a list of about 10 to go through here, Hayden, with the hopes of, you know, just find the next Eli Mitchell. No big deal. No big deal. Hopefully you all join us for that one as well. Those of you in the podcast feed, don't worry. We don't forget about you. Leaving us the rating reviews, subscribing on there, take it on the go with you. We truly appreciate it. And especially to those of you that tune in, watch these highlights, the commentary, all that stuff here on YouTube. Be sure to smash the like and subscribe button down below. We're this close to 10,000. What a mark that would be. What a mark. 
I'll get uh, I'll get a better Wi-Fi if, if we get to ten thousand subs. How about that? <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, for those of you in the chat, you're the best. Tony and Nick and Patty. All of you. Let me throw out some more names. Fred, Jake, yes, Hoagie, June, Trill. We will Trill. Yeah, Tyler. We will see you all on Thursday. Up the villa. Talk to y'all soon. See ya. <laughs>